Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Create Belonging. This is a podcast where we explore the world through the lens of belonging. As this is the first episode, I wanted to say thank you for being here. There are a million things that you could be doing at this moment, and yet you chose to spend your time listening to this podcast. Your attention and time is something that I will never take for granted, so thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get on with the show. The Greek Stoic philosopher Epictetus is quoted with saying, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. This is a core tenet of the Stoics, and one that truly applies to my guest today. Today I'm speaking with Innocent Mugenga. Innocent is on a mission to change the way we use technology to learn. Innocent is the founder and CEO of Align, a learning experience platform that allows you to discover, share, analyze, and validate informal learning. Now, this conversation was very special to me, not only because it's the, the first interview I do for the podcast, but it's, it's a conversation where I learned a lot. And this is exactly what this podcast is about. It's, it's about learning. And Innocent is a very thoughtful individual. He's a friend. And he's someone that I respect and admire. Not just for being action-driven and for all the things that he gets done. But also because of the way he thinks about the world. Most importantly is his attitude and the way he comports himself with whatever life throws at him. And in this podcast, we, we get into his, his own personal story, his personal journey about what was it like growing up in Sweden and moving around quite a bit. What was his, his childhood like in Ninesham especially? And also we get into the work that he's doing with Align and how he's using learning and helping others to become more conscious of the way they learn and how learning is really a, a superpower for, for belonging. This conversation has been really special and I am so fortunate to have him as my first guest. So I hope you stick around to the end where I'll try to summarize a little bit what happened um, and give you uh, some more clues about how you can learn more about where to find Innocent. And also, please uh, check out the show notes at createbelonging.com where I have links to everything that we mentioned. And um, yeah, thanks so much. I hope you like this show. Welcome to Create Belonging. Thank you. It's it's really a pleasure to be here. Having spoken about the idea from... Actually, you had thought about it a few years earlier and then you came back. That's when I got you in the second wave. Correct. And now it's becoming a reality. It's an honor to be here. As I just said, it's a topic that you do think about but not actively. Like you indirectly come to touch the topic of belonging and... Now I will make my best attempt to put some of these thoughts together. Okay, okay, <laughs> in an great. understandable way. Great, great, great. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, and the idea for this um, for this to be a casual conversation, yeah. um, of course, I would like to. There's some certain topics I want to cover, but we can take this whichever way, whichever way we see it Brilliant. goes. So I love that. I love those types of podcasts and conversations in general. And I think great podcasts are just great conversations. Great, thank you. Okay, so um, let's let's dive in. So can you please introduce yourself the way that you like to be introduced? Oh yeah, the way I like to be introduced. That's a good one because I don't know exactly how to do it. Um, and this might be related to the topic of belonging. I really don't like titles. Uh, so let me try to give a loose explanation. So 30-year-old Innocent Magenga, 30-year-old Entrepreneur is a title that I can uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> accept because sure. it's quite wide and open. It's a hat of many hats. Yes, so. yes, that's yeah. a good way to say it. And I'm currently, or what I see doing for the rest of my life, exploring and creating within the edtech space. So educational technology with the intention of uh, validating and formalizing informal education to help people on their pursuit and create a more just, open, flexible, both work-life and educational system. But yeah. starting with the work-life. Yeah, I mean, learning is 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 the the right space to be, if you mind the, the expression, to be disrupted right now. Oh, yes. It definitely. I, I think it's been ripe and ready for it for a long time. But as you're saying, a lot of the technologies, a lot of the paradigms are aligning now so uh <clears throat> yeah it's um i mean of course it's 2021 the pandemic uh it's in its third or fourth wave yeah, right yeah. Now. <laughs> i'm not um, um, but um <laughs> yeah that that is the big disruptor that that opened up opportunities that um were probably not possible before but yeah. you yourself uh, just like me are the product of an educational system that we grew up with, and I want to go back. Yes. Um, can Can you talk a little bit about what uh, what little innocent uh, was like uh, growing up, or mm. where 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 did you grow up? Um, your context, how how did you get on in school? Your situation at home? Yeah. Yeah. I try to be as open as possible when thinking about this, like thinking about my past and upbringing and not try to latch on to ideas of this created that, but trying to find maybe patterns or some cues or, or clues. Um, so I might answer something else the next time, but currently the way I think about it. So um, I'm born and raised here in Sweden. I have origins from Rwanda and Uganda. Um, and I grew up with a single mother. So my father passed away before I was born. He was a general in uh, the Rwandan liberation struggles. So it was me, my mother, and my younger sister that came a few years later growing up together. And we've basically moved around. It feels like all of Sweden. <laughs> and it actually is, but uh, a lot of it was before I'm able to remember. We've been up in Kiruna. Wow, far in the north. For, for those who don't know, that's um, above the Arctic Circle, yes. and it's uh, it's the last. Um, and I'm using air quotes. The last city yeah. of the north. Um, <laughs> city, it's more of a, of a little mining town. But yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so my mother spent some time there um, after coming here. Uh, that must have been something completely uh, shocking. But yeah, so we moved around, um, been in very different contexts. So. Um, <clears throat> 
each of the moves, each of the places have their own uh, specificities of how life there was. But mainly, I think what has formed me is the actual moving around and changing environments and navigating in new places. But as you know, um, Sweden in the 90s and we lived in Vestavik in Småland down south. It's not the most, it, it's a quite homogenous area. We moved to Nineshamn, which is where uh, you start coming into your teens and you start thinking more deeper thoughts, maybe more philosophical thoughts. And that's something that has been quite close to me, I believe, um, throughout my childhood. So there I can see... I can reflect more clearly. So in in the places before, me and my sister were basically the only black people in the area. But I didn't mind that. I didn't think about it when I was young. I was playing around. I could make friends. And there might have been some instances here and there. But it becomes much more clearer. And let me give you an age when I was in Ninasam to anchor it. So I think that's... And also Ninasam is south of Stockholm. It's still within Stockholm, but it's about... What well, what would it be? An I hour with train. An uh, hour, yeah. yeah, an hour. Yeah. So so it's not that far, but it's still far from the uh, multicultural ish Stockholm. <laughs> uh, no, so I think I was about from from ten years from t- ten to maybe fourteen. Yeah, those are in, very formative years. Yeah, quite formative, exactly. So that's where you notice more more um, direct how different you can appear in that context. Me and my sister were the only uh, black students in this specific school. So there was another school where, and that, I want to know more about this, where they had more mixed, like, uh, um, but in this specific school, it was all white. And uh, with that came a lot of both, and I think I'm trying to reflect of how I handled this, because I handled it in a quite cool way i'm thinking some of the experiences were great great friends playing around some of the experiences were where you could feel uh, exposed sort of uh, targeted so uh, there was fights Uh, i was picked from the older kids to start fights and the way i handled that was quite undramatic and it might reflect a little bit uh, of how i handle situations today but took it for what it was, very calm, no drama, and moved on. But I'm, I I started reflecting a lot, hearing different stories, and realizing, oh, I went through something very similar, but this person has handled it in a very different way. And we are very different as individuals um, and handle situations very differently. But I realized that there I can start seeing some cues to how I've handled this question of belonging. I, I think um, the fact that you were the, the only like black in your class, um, when you're in your school, sis- <laughs> in your school yes. yes. Um, it's 900 students or something like wow. that. Wow. Um, <laughs> and you didn't have anybody else to share your experience or to compare your experience with apart from your close circle of friends i I assume you had some friends yeah but not really as well we weren't on that level of speaking about this yeah but i think the fact that you didn't have somebody else who was black and who you could see from a third person perspective Mm -hmm. the way that person was treated you probably normalized the treatment that you had 
and you just took it as yeah everybody else has this experience yes and so you didn't directly go there oh it's because i'm black or if this is just part of growing up this is bullying, life. This bullying is, is yes happens and um so but how interesting how interesting um and something also interesting that i think gave some perspective and didn't make that my whole life is the fact that where i grew up it's called bakluda so it's the it's an area in ninasham where you have the apartment buildings so there okay. is where you find people from turkey kenya uh, right. kurdish people arab people and there i spent a lot of my time in school they used to joke about this place and a joke was oh we need to get our passports if we're getting there we're going to another country right. and there we're just playing football having fun enjoying uh, life in that way and <clears throat> i could navigate in both these contexts so um, that gave some perspective i believe this is not all of life this is not my I, my identity that i have here in school isn't all of my identity correct it's it's a part it's it's my identity is a um partly a, a result of my reflection yeah so it's quite relative dependent on uh the context yeah you've learned to exactly to ad- adapt and i mean i want to call it coping mechanisms but um it sounds maybe too too content switch uh, context switching yeah. is actually something that i'm I learned about quite recently and something that is coming to be understood as a skill, being able to switch these contexts and being exposed to these different contexts in a way where it can widen your perspective. Um, So maybe that's the word. Yeah, Um, I I, I see that. It might have also, you might develop like a hyper awareness of where you are at the place mm. and therefore you adjust your behavior, even tone of voice. Or the way you act, um, I know that I've had that. Yeah, for yeah. example, um, and my house was like my parents are Argentinian. We spoke Spanish inside the house. Mm. The moment I step out, I'm Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, 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 yeah. and you've told me your story, and that thinking about it now and sitting across to you, looking at you, it must have been quite special for you because I believe you would be able to blend in in each environment, like you could. Correct. Go, yeah. Yeah. I'm. So, I'm. I'm. Even the fact that I'm. I'm white. Yeah. And 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 I had that. Um. For a lack of a better term, like I'm. I'm a chameleon or a camouflage. Mm. Let's say so I can blend in, and not be unperceived. Yes. You could say you're a Swede here in Sweden. And exactly. Okay. And yeah. so I can. <laughs> I have a, a way of um, calling attention to myself if I want it. Yeah. And I can tone it down and just, you know, be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't stick out. I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 at least from a visibility point of yes, view. Yes. Um, and we are visible animals, but we can, let's, yeah. I, I, no, I find that very interesting. The sticking out part that you mentioned, that's something that I've obviously <laughs> dealt with both in looks, but also in my name. So being named innocent, yeah. it's something that draws attention. So um, I, I think I've nav- had to navigate in this world knowing that, and I don't see it as negative or positive. I just understand that people will be interested about the only black man in the room named <laughs> innocent. Correct. So with that, uh, I can't bleed <laughs> fly on the wall, yeah. but I'll uh, 
greet everyone and and then try to find my space if i feel like engaging actively in all the conversations i can do that or i can lay back as well but i know that everyone in the room is curious <laughs> yeah. about this guy and in a way i think um for for those that that are not in sweden um swedish people tend to be more on the reserve side yeah. and um they try to at least appear that they respect people by not uh, being the first to speak mm. allowing people to to speak first and um maybe that also helped a little bit yeah exactly definitely it's not as so i know they're thinking seven questions <laughs> but maybe they'll ask one <laughs> right um so i i talked a little bit about my my home and how my home my parents spoke spanish how, how was it if you could just spend a few moments yeah. like what was it like um being raised by a single mom yes and um, what was what was that experience like that's another context so i mentioned school i mentioned the hanging out in the playground and then you have the home and uh, we spoke english at home um and yeah my mother single mother uh, strong brilliant smart woman um working a lot um of course not having the same uh, prerequisites as anyone else and that's something you don't realize like you don't realize why you don't have the same things or throw the same parties and stuff like that it's just what it is sort of for me at least uh, so i didn't really have uh of course i had some um childish desires to have some things and but i quickly realized that this is not possible for me and was quite content with that um so <clears throat> that has helped me i believe that has helped me a lot today in not being attached to material things and so what could be viewed in this case as uh and this ties back to i believe you can see everything from several angles and i try to choose the most productive one as many times as possible so the school situation you could call it bullying i call it curious kids uncertain trying to interact and um doesn't need to be that much more than that uh or growing up with a single mother not be, trying to provide for the family and not being able to do all the things we did a lot of things and i would say um i i i i'm aware of my privilege as well um so with that fi- trying to find that balance we can, couldn't can do... you can you talk a little bit more of that aware of your privilege what do you what do you mean by that yeah no so i am very privileged in the fact that my mother made it here to Sweden 5 days before I was born in the fact that she was able to provide for us in the fact that I am healthy and th- there's several reasons why I can be happy about my life and for that I am privileged yeah i think it's um yeah a lot of people are struggling now with gratitude yes um right so point. it's it's spot on that um it looks like you have maybe you developed this over the years or or some people need to act- actively practice gratitude because yeah. they 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 forget about it, there's definitely a need to practice it and um <clears throat> as i said i try to be as open as possible so i'm not quite sure but i have an easier time appreciating these things i haven't 
I think I might have an easier time seeing it from these different perspectives. So I think that might be one key to me trying and and being able to as soon as possible um, not feel sorry sorry for myself if I can say that. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it looks like also you've acceptance is another word that comes to mind. Thank you um, for putting words to what yeah. I'm <laughs> rambling on about. That, that's what. Um, <laughs> that's one of the reasons I launched this podcast. So, um, it it sounds like um, you've you've had a I want to say a pretty normal childhood. <laughs> um, you've had um, so, yeah. you you're you're Swedish. You grew up in Sweden, despite um, many of the signs that says that maybe. You, you didn't have a reason to belong, but yet you found that belonging. Yes. And so you you finish your studies, and um, and then what happened? Where where did you? I mean, there's a time that you need to, um, uh, for a lack of a better term, you need to leave the nest. Yes, and you need to become your own person. Yeah. And and what was that like? What was that transition like? That's uh, you actually brought me back. I didn't think about this period when thinking about this conversation and the journey and belonging, but that's a clear period of not belonging. Okay. So my the end of my, you call it gymnasium here, was the... High school. High school, yeah. yeah. So my high school, so first I went, I was playing football at that age. Um, something that I'm really thinking about is like counseling of kids and, and finding the path. And that's something that we believe we can do with Align, uh, the EdTech service we're building, as we'll gather interest will understand interest but there was none of that so my decisions for high school was just putting a finger in there <laughs> just best guesses so first i went um social studies uh, slash football so i was playing football at the time i quit playing football found boxing decided that the social studies was a little bit too wide and i didn't see any clear direction so i went all the way the other way and decided to go for something really pragmatic so i went into construction okay. with the intention of okay i'll continue studying and become a construction engineer in the future I started that education and that's another really not belonging period okay once again, uh, and I'll uh, evolve more on this, I see belonging maybe as, I don't see it as binary. So it's very relative and it's more of, let's call it a, um, um, a context. So the specific career path and getting into this career environment, that was not for me. So my first internship, first year, I'm 16 years old as I had to redo the year. Um, I, I get a, a spot at my classmate's uncle's company. So I do my internship. I do my best, try to deliver. I get to work over a shorter break. And when I get my payslip home, it says in capital letters, N-E-G-E-R. So that was my exposure to getting into work life and career and that really put me in thinking about it i guess you'd call it despair around okay because you're trying to find your path you think you're on a path but you realize okay if i'm not doing this i have to complete the studies that's what what you're told mm. otherwise you won't become anything right. <laughs> even though i have friends and know people who have not completed and you can become something without that yeah. certificate um <clears throat> So there is, so my 
introduction or entry to adulthood maybe or or transition getting out of the nest becoming your own was really a question of not feeling the belonging but as i said it's a context as well so i just briefly mentioned i found a classmate we started doing music we evolved that we performed on on big stages here in stockholm and and did that for a while and that actually became my job so i could transition from this uh, construction career that i didn't see a future in and actually start uh, helping youth and and uh, so we recorded in a studio for youth and then i became a leader there and started and that's where i found my belonging okay we're gonna take a little break in my conversation with Innocent. But um, I just wanted to address what we just heard, especially the part of him getting his first paycheck. That is really messed up. And it reminds me of a time that I have one of my early childhood best friends. His name is James. So if you're listening, James, hi. He lives in Toronto where I grew up and he is soon getting married to a girl named Nicole. And Nicole is black. She grew up in Jamaica. And when we're having a a, a Zoom call, um, this happened about half a year ago or so, and I was just getting to know her um, because we've been apart so long. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting her in person. She put me on the spot and she asked me straight up, Hey, Mateo, how, um, what is it like being black in Sweden? I mean, is that a big issue? And she did put me on the spot. And me being a white, straight, heterosexual um man uh i really didn't know what to tell her except for my own experience that i had not seen or i have not spoken to to other black people and heard racist things i had just assumed that that people yeah probably they are racist but just like many people in sweden people don't really speak out so i told her no it's really a non-issue here I mean, there are black people and they function well in society and everybody just tries to kind of not pay attention to the to the thing and, and paying not attention to this matter, the fact that you're black or, or Asian. It doesn't matter where you're from here. That's the answer I gave her. Would she ask me again after speaking to Innocent? I would tell her a completely different answer. And it's really messed up. I I want to use the F word now, but I haven't decided yet whether we should use the word fuck on this podcast. But yeah, it is really fucked up. So now I'm going to switch back to the second part of this podcast where... um. Yeah, we pick up it where we left off and we transition on to what he's currently working on and how he sees the work that he's doing with Align and helping people be more conscious about the their learning and how is that a force for, for belonging. So let's dive right back in. 
you had now like a creative output you're doing your music and then let's let's go forward a little bit yeah and, and talk about learning when did you realize that um that education and learning was was part of your journey because as i introduced you you are also the host of the Learn learnability podcast correct yeah and um as the name implies it's about um ongoing learning yes. and how do we learn in an ever-changing world yes and um can can you expand about how when did you realize that you needed to to become a learner again yes so i i, I don't think um I've needed to become a learner again. I've always been a learner throughout my journey. And that's mainly due because I did it the, the hard way. I needed to learn, to apply, to get a job, to like I was in a constant loop of learning and doing. And uh, But if we fast forward, so let's fast forward to about three years ago when I started thinking deeply about education, thinking about our educational system, thinking about technology and our digital being, the time we spend in the digital. If we're looking at the educational system, it has gotten us this far and that's amazing. But if we're looking to the future, it won't be sufficient enough to support the individuals that are looking to get out and contribute to society. So there's a lot that can be done there. And there's also a huge opportunity with the digital, but there's a tendency towards going to the unproductive or negative type of consumption. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners and you as well have seen the social dilemma. Uh, yeah. So that's a good way of categorizing what I'm You're speaking You're talking about. about our relationship with technology. Yes. And how it could be, it's, it's almost like a neutral force. It's, yeah. it's up to us to decide whether we take the positive path or the not so positive yes and and psychology seems to show that we tend to fall into the less productive it, it so it's maybe it's not maybe neutral i don't know if it's neutral i think it tends to go so we need to put more effort to make it positive that's how i view it right now and it's tied to belonging in the in the way that i believe we all have an individual pursuit of fulfillment but with it being individual the context is in a society. So my individual pursuit will, if it's aligned with society, contribute to society in large. So that's how I see an opportunity for us to help each individual on their pursuit. And in that way, we're, as a society, getting more. Yeah, it's almost if like that makes sense. you, yeah, it's um, a good analogy, I guess I'm thinking is um, you're empowering yeah. and that power, that energy, like you're powering also those around you in society as a whole. Yeah. How do you how do you empower both yourself and how do you how do you empower those around you? That's that's another way of saying how do you how did you find belonging for yourself? Um, and how do you how are you creating belonging for for those that you interact with around you? What what do you do? What are your That's a very good question. Um, so and and you said something in there. So let's start there with the self. The way I also try to reflect on my journey, I'm not trying to be, I'm trying to not be attached to um, happenings or instances or, or material things. So that's something that I try to reinforce if it's through meditation, if it's through reading, if it's through talking to people is a very good one. Where you can see when when you're connecting, you're both in these conversations outside the self and exploring. I try to think a lot about 
that in different ways. A great tool is understanding on a um, neurological perspective. Uh, so that's very interesting to learn about. Uh, all the cognitive sciences is very interesting to learn about. Learning science as a specific subfield is very interesting to learn about. Uh, so t using all these insight and then trying to conceptualize this to navigate um, better in the world. So this is what I do for myself. I'm very much uh, engulfed in these uh, uh, pursuits. Pursuits, yes. Yeah. And I try to share in a way that's relatable as well. But it's as we spoke about in the beginning of this conversation, it's so individual. That's that's very well put. Um, I think one of the the red threads through your life is you have a deep sense of curiosity. Yes. And that is, of course, the precursor to learning anything. It's just being curious. Definitely. And I think that as human beings are naturally curious. I mean, yes. I mean, just look around you. Everything was done because we were either curious or, or exploring and so yes. on. Yes. And I think we could say that some people lose their way or lose that spark. So part of your challenge is, um, I guess, how do you reignite that curiosity in people? That's so good. And I think one very uh, predominant institution that lessens that spark is unfortunately the educational system as we have it today, where you lose that curiosity and you become more narrow. There is one way, there is one answer, there is one, uh, it's black or one white. One definition, yes. binary. And Very binary. So that's also why I'm interested in, in how we can um, help the educational system become more flexible. Now with technology, we should be able to tell our students, go and learn anything, explore. We're in this topic, we're in this time area, we're in this part of the world, you explore. Me as a teacher, I'll get data of what everyone's learning and I can support you. More like a mentor rather than someone in this superior position telling you right or wrong, rather supporting you. So we've learned to be more rigid, a uh, skill, to get to the curiosity because I really think, I don't think it's a binary there as well. I think it's something you can learn. The first step is unlearning. And that takes a lot of courage. One of the the, the thinkers that that, um, that both you and I are a fan of is, um, is Seth Godin. And he talks about there's a difference between learning and education. Yes. And um, it's very much in line with what you're saying. Um, so education is the 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 rigid old system that we inherited where people are not um, are not encouraged to think differently and if you are if you come from a different cognitive um, diverse place yes. the the teaching will still be the same um, yes. now you know some some countries of course have programs to help people with with different abilities and so on but Overall, we we, ex we assume that education is a standard and, and everybody gets the same textbook and everybody gets the same thing. And um, and also when you add the component of technology and how that is disrupting our um, everything from the way we think, the way we, we, we live our daily lives to even the way we sleep. Yes. Um, I, I think you are onto something. So can you, can you tell me a little bit more about your current mission with Align? Uh, so yeah, 
I think we mentioned it previously in the conversation where we're speaking about um, societal issues and, and coming to um, to think more about this. And we face so many societal issues. We, we need to find solutions when it comes to the environment, when it comes to food and how we eat, when it comes to uh, our physical health. And there, there's so many yeah, pressing issues. You cannot take them on exactly. uh, all at once. Um, yeah. And the one thing, though, when I tr- look at all of these, the thing that I come down to as a potential solution is actually education. So in all these problems, we can continuously evolve as a society, but also keep our society and keep our planet. Yep. Uh, so uh, let's say that's the ultimate goal. To reach this, we would need more people working to solve this, more people aware of this, and more people working to solve this. So if we can, let's say, 10x or 100x the amount of people working to solve these issues, we could make so much faster progress, which we need to make in order to to do this in time. So it boils down to education. Right. If we can teach, inform, and support individuals to contribute in this quest, creating a greater society for everyone, we can reach there faster. And talk a little bit more about the the actual work that needs to be done for a line um i really zoomed out there (laughs) yeah it's it's good it's good i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna bring it back and um we talked about curiosity and sparking that your challenge was to spark curiosity so then we can be engaged with learning yes where does a line come in a line comes in in looking at how we're consuming information today. So learning and education is, in the first stage, consuming information. It can be a teacher speaking in the classroom. It could be a textbook or in whatever form. We're consuming information. And just that, what I just said, there's so many more forms right now and it's so accessible. A lot of great information to consume is accessible for free. But at the same time, as I spoke about previously, we seem to see a tendency towards the mindless type of scrolling on the social media platforms. So what we're building is a platform that looks and feels like these social media platforms. We're tapping into the scrolling behavior that we're getting used to, but the information happens to be productive. And it's also aligned with your goal. So we start by helping you set your roadmap. So where do you see yourself in three years? It's not set. It's very dynamically and it will adjust continuously. But just starting to think about what's, what's your long-term interests? What's, what is your individual pursuit of fulfillment? And then setting that in three years. And we're actually borrowing from Ikigai, if you know the concept. Um, yes, I'm, I'm familiar with it. But if you want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so Ikigai a is more. a Japanese concept. Uh, I think it stands for a reason for being. And what you have is a Venn Vandi- diagram with four circles. The one at the top, I don't know in what exact position, but one says uh, what you're good at. One says what you could get paid for. One says what you love. And one says uh, what the world needs. So if you look at all these and start filling them out for you personally, in the middle there is where you find your ikigai, your reason for being. So, And that's a process in itself, but it's 
a process to start. So we try to help you in, in not exactly that way, but start thinking and reflecting about that, having a three-year long-term goal. And we break it down to one year. What are you curious to learn about within the nearest year? And then we also have a monthly. So this is sort of taking your to-do list and making it more fun in a to-learn list. So making your to-do list something that you're curious about. Uh, again, sparking the curiosity. I think we can use... Uh, digital tools to help us learn better and that's actually our slogan <laughs> learn <That's>, better um, <laughs> yeah that's that sounds great um not to make it a, a commercial here for for line but by no means are you sponsoring this podcast <laughs> or, or um or any of that matter it's just it's just fascinating how you you took it upon yourself to 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 get people to learn and i'm sure you're not alone in the in the ed tech space Definitely and not. um there's people many people doing um, great things out there, but I think one of the things that's that's really interesting is, is the notion of, of motion and um, how it is a journey. And uh, to keep going on that metaphor, like you have to get started, and you need you need to have a a goal, even if it's the wrong goal mm. that that it would shift. But it's just yes. that movement yes. of, of of learning something new. Um, I mean, I've learned many things that I, I'm not using today. You talked before about unlearning. Yes. And yes. I mean, I know from my personal experience and from um, and countless stories that one of the great periods of unlearning is your first job or when you start in a company. Yes. You come in with these things that you thought you knew, yes. education, and mm. then you realize that in real life, <laughs> the you need to unlearn and you need to yes. relearn. A fraction things. of it can be yeah. applied. Exactly. And seeing now how fast things are changing, uh, upskilling and reskilling is a, is a constant. It's not something you go and do for a week and then you go back to work. It needs to be a part of work so you can continuously evolve with how society and technology is evolving. And I think also, um, I mean, your your biggest enemy or, or what you're trying to to battle is the, the fixed mindset. Yes. And um, yeah. and is that period of unlearning or maybe in in being in your job and many people are learning, maybe not at a, at a passion for learning, but because you know this is their livelihood. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. and 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 you know and. Um, all kidding aside, you know, they, 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 they need to put food on their table. Yes. And um, if they don't learn, they, they might be out of a job. Mm, so yeah. it's almost out of necessity that um, that makes the, the, the workplace like yes. a good place. And one of the things about belonging is um, I'm going to have um, soon on the podcast uh, a famous author. His name is um, Howard Ross. And um, he talks about why belonging in the workplace is is one of the ultimate belonging places mm. is because there is yet yeah, there is a necessity and you're you're grouped with people that you unless you're the hiring manager you didn't choose yeah yes and you find yourself in this context where you're now expected to work together and, and belong somehow and um I, yeah i think i wanted to get to that so it's yeah. brilliant that you're having uh, this guest and i'll definitely listen to the episode yeah. i think if you look at the fact that we change our workplace so much more today, so you can't count on someone being at at your at your company ten years, uh, rather expect one year, <laughs> and and uh, be happy if it's more than that. So we see people moving around more. I think I wonder if we can move around more intentionally and hire more intentionally. 
when we understand interests. So you're speaking about this person being at a job and it's their livelihood, and and that's the truth. But there is also, if we move around more, this person can move towards something that is more aligned with what they're actually passionate about. And then the learning can be passionate and the work life can be more fulfilling. Um, so you're not spending eight hours a day trying to put food on the table, period. You are actually excited and curious about where you are. Yeah, so you're moving person, beyond a, a stage of, of necessity yes. towards a, a stage of, of self-fulfillment and, yes. and exploration. If, if we look this, at uh, yeah, Maslow's pyramid, mm -hmm. um, which is not really a pyramid, but yeah, we're moving up the stages, you know, if you were to going from yeah from necessity to something that it's more um useful to yourself useful for others yeah yeah, yeah. And, and as i mentioned I, I like zooming out and thinking over generations so sure. this obviously won't happen by tomorrow but if we look at these trends and how they can interact with each other there is a opportunity also so this is one person leaving but then you can also discover uh, another person who's working in a completely different field but seems to be interested in fields that's related to your job so one person leaves another more uh, i'm trying to find another word for more relevant but another more um, takes over or yeah, yeah another, an another more competent uh, yeah. or no, maybe not. Yeah, curious, uh, competent, uh, uh, relevant, or another person that fits the context that it belongs. There we go. Right, another belongs person that, that belongs more in the yeah. context. Yes, uh, can come in. Okay, so innocent. I well, we're just wrapping up now, and I think your pursuit with Align and hearing your story it's really inspiring. Thank I you. think one of the the goals for for this podcast is for to get the listeners to say hey um look here's a person that uh, that has managed to belong in in today's society despite some setbacks or despite their situation their context they found belonging with themselves and now they're they're trying to create belonging for for those around them and mm -hmm. and um you've actually managed to 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 build a business um you say learning i, I say belonging yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. i think yeah. we're we have a common goal. Um, Definitely. I think it's a beautiful mission that you're on as well. And thank you so much for inviting me. And also, I have a huge respect and I'm very inspired by your, um, do you say humbleness? Is that a word? Yeah, humbleness. You're, yes, yeah. you're very humble and curious. So yeah. you inspire me as well. Um, are there any final words, any last message you want to say? How, how can people get in touch with you? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You can find Align that we've been speaking about at alignbetter.com. Um, and you can find Learnability at learnability.online. And I believe I am Innocent Magenga on all channels. Okay, I'll try to include all those in the, the show notes. Um and yeah, so thank you so much for your time. It's it's thank been you. a pleasure. And as your as the first uh, create belonging guest, um, yeah, what an honor! <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. Create more belonging. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so now we're back, and it's just me now, and this is me wrapping up the 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 episode, the first episode. And so it's my chance to speak to you directly, share some of my takeaways. So if there's a theme to this first episode, it would be about how attitude, that that is 
how we react to things, is fundamental to belonging in the world. Being aware of where we belong and where we don't feel like we belong is one of the first steps to finding true belonging. I mentioned Epictetus' quote at the beginning. And after listening to the interview a second and even a third time, I noticed how Innocent was very mindful about not falling into a particular category or being labeled too narrowly. The way he comports himself is also reflected on how he reframes many of the setbacks and situations in his life. An example of reframing was when I, when I asked him, um, when did you become a learner again? When did you realize that you needed to become a learner again? And he, he was very quick to correct me and he said, um, well, I've always been a learner. And another even more powerful example was when he talked about his privilege and how he saw his situation as being very fortunate. And so that, that's what sets Innocent apart, I think. I guess what, what I wanted to say about the interview with Innocent is that there's no right or wrong, um, especially when it comes to belonging. Um, belonging is, is not a very easy topic to talk about. And, and that's, that's why I'm, I'm taking my time. I'm not going to give you any straight definitions, at least not just yet. So uh, before I go, I, I just wanted to clarify a few things about the podcast. Um, so I received some feedback from my earlier versions of this podcast. And it says, well, you're really just dancing around the topic of, of belonging. You're not really talking about belonging per se. And yeah, that is sort of intentional. Um, I am fully aware of all the complexities and how huge of a topic it is. And I know that it's not going to be a topic that can be just covered in a few in a few episodes. But here's how I see this podcast evolving. My intention is to invite some guests that are either creating belonging for themselves or have created belonging for others. And it is my intention for me and hopefully for you too to, to learn from, from their wisdom, from their teachings, from their experiences. And this is why I think podcasting is such a powerful medium. It's also why I decided to, to start this journey and to see all the facets of belonging out there. Now, the format of the, the podcast might change over time, but after hearing Innocence talk, I think we could all agree that Learning from other people's experiences is something incredibly powerful. And I will certainly have more guests coming up. In fact, I've already recorded a few episodes. But that doesn't rule out the possibility that I might also share some of my writings on belonging, some of my thoughts, some of the, the research I've been encountering. And maybe those episodes will be just me <laughs> talking directly to you, as I am doing right now. Okay, this has been incredibly nerve-wracking. Um, I'm not used to being the center of attention as I am right now. And I really know that I'm going to get better at this podcasting thing. So uh, I hope that you can join me next time. But um, before I let you go, I want you to go and 
go and create belonging for yourself and for others. Thank you.